Well, it's that time of the year. We've got a few people back from holidays, which is good, and some people gone on holidays, so uh, got a few people missing. They haven't gone a while, but uh, that's all right. That's all good. Hang on, let's get this ready. There we go. It's fine. But it's good to have a break, isn't it? It's this time of the year where people kind of start focusing on things about the year. You know, everybody went like 2020 was a complete write-off, and uh, 221, they're looking so forward and they start planning things. And uh, But, you know, the most important thing you really need to be focused on, and this is part of our new series called Align, is where do you stand with God right now? Where do you stand with Him? Because He is in control of all things. All things are under His hand. And I want to tell you right now, there's a shift going on in our world right now. There's a shift going on. There's a shaking going on. And as the evil one raises his ugly head, the devil's exposing him, and he will continue to expose him. But we need to make sure we are aligned with the right people, the right time as such as this. Anything out of alignment is going to be damaged. We need to make sure we are aligned with the Word of God this morning. We need to know His Word. We need to make that our, one of our resolutions that I'm going to really get into the Word of God this time, you know. Every year we kind of start off on that. There's the Bible plans for a year. People start off on those. That's great. But sometimes halfway through the year, we kind of get to a place where, oh, yeah, I missed a few days, and oh, I have to wait till next year now. No, you don't have to wait till next year because God's Word is new and fresh every day for you. And you can start anywhere, anytime, any place. And uh, God is waiting for you to get into that place of alignment. But we can come before Him and just hear His voice. You know what I found? I'm starting to not listen to a lot of things now and because it just clouds out the voice of God. Now, we've had a written document, the bestseller ever, called the Bible for thousands of years. And, uh, and yet, we tend to sometimes want to listen to what the mainstream news has to say. Let's look at what God's Word has to say about our life. Let's start reading from His Word. Let's start living from His Word. From that is the reality of where things are heading. Anything out of alignment? When I think about things being aligned, being an ex-mechanic, I kind of think of cars, my wheels being out of alignment. And, uh, you know, if your life is not aligned, it's going to play at one place or another. My daughter... um, came to me one time. Actually, she didn't even tell me. I just noticed I walked past a car and I saw the front tire wire hanging out <laughs> the tire on the edge. And everyone's going, I can guess which daughter that is. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm looking, oh my goodness, this needs replaced. This is dangerous, you know. And, and I said to my daughter, I said, do you realize your, your tire is like in a sound? Oh, I don't look at the tires. I just, I just get in the car and drive. I don't look at Well, I said, it, and it's worn out on one edge. And as a mechanic, I know straight away that's the alignment is out. When the alignment is out, things will be damaged. Things will not be proper. And so I took it to the guy and have it aligned. And he says, my goodness, he said, I've never seen a car this badly out of alignment. <laughs> I thought, why doesn't that surprise me? And, uh, <laughs> and he said, no joke. He said, this was out by 15 to 20 mil. I've never seen that. She must have been smacking in the curbs to do that. And I said, yes, yes, that sounds like my daughter. Uh, (laughs) She has got better, though. That's good. But anything out of alignment is going to do you harm. You know, I I visited a chiropractor uh, like a couple of years ago, and he said, look, just stand there for a second. I go, 
why? You know, I thought you're going to get me on the thing and do some cracking at night. He goes, no, hang on. I was just going to make sure that you're aligned properly. And he's looking at me. He goes, your hips a bit forward, your shoulders down. Whatever. I go, I sound like a mess. <laughs> and he says, no, that's all right. We can fix this. We've got to start aligning you properly. He says, at the moment you are walking uh, like your head is 50 mil forward to what it should be. I was kind of like this. <laughs> and uh, I never realized it because I, you know, but he said, yeah, he said, look, you must have been in some trauma, some accident. I said, yeah, well, I was in a car accident once and I used to play rugby, a few smashes and stuff. And uh, he goes, yeah, that would do it. That would do it. So he says, let me work at you because otherwise, if you don't get aligned, this is going to get worse for you. And, and, and I'm picturing like right this time when he says this, I'm thinking uh, the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> The bells, the bells. And uh, I go, no, no, I don't want that. I've got to get my life right. I've got to get alignment. I've got to get aligned properly. And, and I've been working on it, and I am. I'm sort of walking up right now, you know. I didn't want to give anyone any thoughts that uh, I was part of the missing chain, you know, that they say in evolution, which I don't believe in, but, you know, <laughs> uh, because of the way I was walking. But it's so important that we get aligned. And how do we get aligned? We get aligned by putting on the mind of Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, For who has not known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Sorry, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We've just been teaching a whole group of uh, interns through this time, and we've been talking about putting on the mind of Christ and, and those things because it aligns your thinking. You know, our thinking is changing every day by can be changed every day by thoughts and impressions, things that people say to us. We kind of weigh it up. Is that logical? Does that work? Or whatever. But we need to go back to the hard copy. We need to go back to God's Word and say, what does God have to say about this? You know, once we start aligning with God's Word, we will see the, the right answers. We will see the outcome of that. We align by reading His Word. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You know, we start reading His Word, His Bible is like our roadmap. You know, it like directs us as we read it. It's directing us. It's putting a light on things that we need to know. I was explaining to some of the young ones what the word revelation is. God gives us a revelation. He, he lightens the moment up. Have you ever read the Bible and you've read it several times and you come to a passage and suddenly something jumps out of you? And you go, whoa, hang on, I've read that before. I haven't seen that. It's just a different translation. You know, you start thinking like that, but it's no. God is suddenly trying to speak to you through his word. He highlights something. He reveals something to you. Uh, the, proper, probably, the proper understanding of that is the word illumination. He illuminates something. He suddenly puts a light on something you didn't see before. And you go, wow, I didn't see that. And that's what a revelation is. So he's like that. He, he's a roadmap. So he... he, he puts a light on it. You know, a roadmap by itself is no good without a light on it. You know, have you ever been like traveling through the countryside and you, you, know, you haven't got a Wi-Fi connection or GPS or something, you pull out the map, but you just can't see it because it's too dark. You know, a map without a light on it is no good to anyone. And uh, having the light of God on His Word illuminates everything to us and gives us understanding. And God in this time is wanting you to refocus, align with His Word, and start reading those things. 
Because Jesus made it very clear in these times, you're going to be tested. There's going to be times where you need to make a call on things. Jesus made it very clear in Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. He says, the one who is not with me is against me. Now, that's quite a powerful statement when you think that out. So you're either for me or you're against me. A lot of people are living right now, in, in church life even, on the fence, going, it's all right, I like it here. I can have one leg in the world and one leg in the Jesus, and you know, I can just, whatever proportion I want, I can move like that. Jesus said, no, 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 you're either for me or you're against me. There is no middle road. And this is what it means to be aligned. You've got to align yourself one side or the other. And Jesus, I believe, is, is coming to that time where people really need to stand up. We've been very comfortable. We've had things go our way for so many years, and it's all looked quite, quite good. And I'm telling you, there's going to be things happening that you've never seen before. You're already starting to see some of it. And uh, there's things that's going to take place that you've actually got to realize, whose side am I on? What am I going to stand for? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything, they say. In other words, if you don't align your life with him, you're, you're, just, you're against him. That's what he says. You're either for me, you're against. You can't say, oh, I'm a bit for you. Oh, Jesus, you know, I'm a bit for you. You know, like, you know, those good days when I, I get on well with you, and other times you say things and I don't like it, so I'm not doing it. No, you, you, it's not like that. It's that you surrender. As Paul said, no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. You are a new creation. That means there's a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of doing things. Your old person has gone. A new person has come. And this morning I want to pick up in this, in this thought in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. So if you've got your Bibles with you, this is a good exercise. Read your Bible. Don't just wait for the screen. <laughs> and uh, don't wait for me to read it. And um, look, it's a good exercise, not only for that. I always find, and sometimes I'm the worst for this, Somebody will be preaching up here and they give us a scripture verse. I'll read that, but I don't stop where they stop. I keep going sometimes and I go, hang on, no, no, I should be listening to them. I've just got some thoughts going. But I will get back to that later because God may speak to you from the word even more so than what the preacher has that day. It may highlight some things, but there may be some other things connected with that. So it's good to know in your own Bible what page that is because uh, uh, sometimes we, we kind of have different Bibles that we kind of go, oh, I'm sure it's on pages, whatever. I did that. When you get a good translation, stick to it, all right? <laughs> when you start swapping translations, you forget where things are, and it's hard to find it. But this morning, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, and it says, Go in through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there who go in through it. Because narrow is the gate, and constricted is the way which leads to life, there are few who find it. Going through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate. Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just pray this morning, God, you're opening our hearts and ears to hear from your word. God, I pray this morning that we will have a deposit from heaven in our hearts, that God, you'll speak to us through this scripture. God, you'll challenge us to be aligned with you, to start this new year off in the right place with you. Not wait till the end to get it right, but start at the beginning. And Lord, this morning, I just pray for each one of us as we look at your passage of your scripture here. God, you'll speak to us, each one of us, individually in the areas that we need to change. So Father, I give you all the praise this morning. I give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
So right from the beginning, God gave us choice. If you see all through the Bible, there's like kind of like those choices, like Jesus just said, are you for me or are you against me, one or the other. And in this passage here, there's, there's many choices. But every choice leads us into a direction, good or bad. It affects our physical, mental, or spiritual being. Many people think that the paths we travel are many because there are all kinds of religions. There is not many paths. Jesus made it very clear there are two paths. Each one has its beginning, each one has its end. One way is heavily populated and the other is traveled by few. The question this morning for us all is, which path are we traveling? Which path are you on? In this passage, it starts off by saying there are two gates. Jesus up front makes it clear. There is a narrow gate and a wide gate. This is the wide, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. This wide gate allows many to enter easily. There's no cost. There's no sacrifice required. You don't have to do anything. You can bring as much baggage, whatever you like with you. This wide gate is what Mr. Popular would go for. The popular decision, oh, yeah, go with that. Everyone's traveling that way. It's chosen by most people. You can believe whatever you want to go through this gate. You don't, there's no requirements. It's easy to go through this gate. Not a problem at all. It's the path of least resistance. You can do what you want. You know, and that's the kind of the world we live in today. It's all about me, what I want. You know, uh, and it's fallen very much the satanic uh, um, belief that Alistair Crowley came out with says, thou shalt do as thou wilt be the whole of the law. That's not the law. That's not the law at all. That's Satan's law. It says you can do what you want, but God requires things of you. This gate represents the beginning to the way that leads to destruction. So it all looks attractive to the world, like, oh, yeah, let's all come this way, have a party, and, but they don't realize where it's leading. That's the wide gate. Then there is the narrow gate. The narrow gate. And it starts off, Jesus says it straight away, go in through the narrow gate. Straight away, he mentions the narrow gate. He said, this is the way. The gate represents the beginning or starting point to the way that leads to life, as this scripture says. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the way. It's the entrance point. A gate is always an entrance point to somewhere. But you have to decide where you're going to enter. You've got to decide what the entry point is for you. And Jesus is the entry point for us. If, if you're going to be saved, there is no other way but entering through him, for he is the door. Narrow is the gate. You know, the gate is narrow in this uh, narrative here. Jesus mentions narrow is the gate. Before it was wide, like you can come in, whatever. Narrow means a restriction. That means you can't just come in like however you want. You've got to leave some of your baggage behind because you can't get through the gate with it. You know, it's, it's very hard to get up those places. You know, I noticed that in uh, Europe when I was staying in many Airbnb places. It was so restricted, some of these little houses going up the steps and, you know, they, they'd go, oh, your room is um, room C7 or something. And I go, yeah, where's that? Right at the top. You have to go about five steps, steps and, 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 right, is there a lift? Oh, no, 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 there's no lift. There's no lift. I'm like, oh, really? It would have been so much easier not to have to take my luggage up there, I can tell you. And Sharon's as well. It's too heavy. Can you lift it for me? <laughs> 
And uh, when we went as a family, it was even worse because I had the other three girls there and I was having a great workout. But, uh, but the gates are so narrow in this picture that you can't get through. You know, people want to carry their old life through with them. They're quite happy to receive Jesus, but, I, you know, I want everything with me. You know, I'm still in control. I want my life. I want it like this. And, and he's saying, no, it's, it's constricted. It's, it's small. You can't get it through. You have to drop your luggage, your old way of life. You have to leave those things behind because there's no room for them. No room for them. There's no room for the old you. The old, room, the old you is gone. It requires self-denial and obedience and determination. That's why some people don't like this. They go, oh, no, it looks too hard. I like this one. This looks more fun. It looks more interesting. But it leads to destruction. This one leads to life. And you've always got to look at where things are going to take you. Don't look at the, where it is now. Look where it's going to take you because that will give you uh, an understanding of which road you want to travel. And Jesus never promised it would be easy. But he said he, he promised he would be with you. Okay, so you're going to go, this constricted road will have issues along the way for you that, you know, I don't like traveling, this is so hard, you know, people pick on me, people say mean things against me because I'm a Christian, all these sort of things will come your way. But Jesus does give you this promise in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Behold, I am with you all the days until the end of the world. Amen. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For Jehovah your God is he who goes with you. He will not fail you, nor forsake you. And that's a word for somebody here right now. I just feel that. that. That you've got to have courage and strength, understanding that God is with you and for you. All right? You're not traveling this life on your own. You're not going through these difficulties on your own. You know, God is with you. He sees everything. And, and as Sharon said this morning, God is in total control. If you understood the power of God, you know, people go, oh, it's getting evil. Days are evil. Yes, they are. But God is, God, this is the great thing I was just saying to one of the students. God's word tells us the beginning, and he also tells us the end. And he tells us what's going to happen through the middle. We got a complete insight of things, so we don't need to listen to the wrong narratives from the mainstream news. We need to listen to his word. And we're already seeing prof uh, prophecy being fulfilled once again. Lots of things are going on right now, filling prophecy. And uh, God's word has been 100% accurate. There's, there's no doubt, no doubt. So be strong and be of good courage. You need it for the days ahead. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For Jehovah your God is he who goes with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Amen. But as we go into this passage, we also find there are two ways. So there's two gates, but it also mentions two ways. There's the broad way, not broad way as in... <laughs> there's the broad way, which means a wide road. And then there's the constricted way. And the broad way that leads to destructions is broad because it allows, as I said before, as an entering the gates, behavior, any behavior one desires. You can do as you want. On the wide road, the broad road, you can do whatever you like. Anything's acceptable. Does it sound just like our world right now? Does it just sound like where the world is? How it's changed so rapidly and... Uh, You've seen so many changes that you thought would never happen, happen. Because so many people are traveling on this road. 
You don't need to change your lifestyle. You can live as you like. Many people love this path. They think they are free. Like, I'm a free-minded person. I can do whatever I like. I don't have to answer to anyone. I can do whatever. But King Solomon reminds us in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is the ways of death. So don't be fooled by looks of things, appearances of things. Play it through further. There is a way that seems right to a man, and the world is like that. They think, you know, all the, like you've seen the rioting in America and, and all the craziness over there. To them, it seems right. We have a right to do whatever we want. There's just lawlessness galore going on. And, but um, King Solomon gives us a warning. But the end of it is the ways of death. So there is a broad way, but there's also a constricted way, a narrow way. The way that leads to life is difficult because it requires a change in the behavior of yourself. Nobody likes change. You say, change? What? <laughs> People get a bit funny when you say, change? Change? I don't like change. People like to have things the same. They have patterns that they like to stick to. But patterns, like, doesn't, don't mean that they're good. People got some bad patterns and habits and things. But... Uh, we need to learn that when we accept Christ, when we, enter, when we enter that narrow gate, that is a representation of accepting Christ, we are now walking our life for Him on that narrow road. We are, our, our whole self changes. As I said, it's no longer I that live, as Paul said, but Christ lives in me. So your old self's dead. You left that behind the other side of the gate. You know, like I'm now entering as a new creation of Christ. I'm a new being. I don't think like that anymore. Uh, you know, I'm, I've got a new mind, the mind of Christ, and, and I'm walking in a whole different way. And uh, that's the whole thing of Jesus picking his disciples. They were disciples because the word disciple means, comes from the word discipline. He was disciplining people in the ways of God that they'd walk holy before him along that narrow road. So if anyone's a disciple, that means there should be disciplines in your world. You know, you're just not like free and just do whatever you want, but there's disciplines, holy disciplines. God calls us to a standard, a standard of holiness, because He is holy. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I live, yet no longer I, but Christ lives in me, and that life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith towards the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself on my behalf. You see, when some people look at this, the disciplines and things like that, they go, it's too hard. Oh, it's too hard. I like the other, I want to go, I'm going in the other gate. I'm going to travel the other way because it's more fun. Well, it's not going to be fun at the end of it, I can tell you. It's not going to be fun. You know, I've had the opportunity to meet two people who have actually had a death experience and come back to life. And uh, two different accounts and many other ones I've read about, those who have actually traveled that wide road, God gave them a second chance because they... They were killed like somewhere along the way on, on traveling that wide path and they were taken to hell. And there's books you can sort of find out about it and they said the experience of hell was so scary that they couldn't even talk about it. They, they just didn't want to be interviewed. They just said, I don't even want to think about it. Uh, and yet those that had an experience of heaven are just like, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. We had years ago Ian McCormack here. Um, they call him the box jellyfish man. He stung five times by a box jellyfish one could kill you he was stung five times and he tells his account of what happened to him he was pulled out of the water he was, he was slipping away his feeling he was dying and 
the people on the island couldn't speak much English. They rushed him to the hospital, and he said he was there on the bed. And he said he felt like if his eyes closed, he was gone. So he was trying to keep his eyes open, and he says suddenly it just went black, and he thought, oh, someone's turned the lights off. But then suddenly he realized he was no longer in the hospital ward, but he was in hell. Because he said he went to touch his face, and his hand went right through his body. And he's going, whoa, what's going on here? But then God showed, took him out of that place and took him to a place called paradise and showed him what heaven looked like. And he gave him a second chance. He came back to life, and now he's a pastor traveling the world, like sharing that story of what happened. But he was on the wrong path. But God, because of his mother who prayed for him, gave him another chance. He gave him another chance. And because it doesn't look appealing to some, they will say, no, it's all about me. You know, I, I, I want what's best for me right now. I don't care. I'm not waiting and all that. And the lies uh, of the devil come in and people get fooled. And, and that's why we need moments like this, a gathering. That's why we need pe- God needs people to spread the word. There, there's a message of the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came to die for you, to show you that narrow road that you could walk into life. So there are two gates there are, uh, there are two ways. And it also says in this passage, there are two groups. There's the many, and then there's the few. In Matthew seven thirteen, it says this, and many there are who go through it. Talking about the wide road of destruction. There are many of those in the world that are not living for Jesus, not aligned with him, to him. They are uh, the many, the many. They are the lost ones following anything that feels good to them. This is the way people travel by default because of sin. Because we inherited sin right from day one in the Garden of Eden, we inherited that sin and, and people go, oh, you know, but surely that didn't affect it. I said, yes, it did. I said, well, you just think about it. Every, those who have had children, you know, you don't have to teach them to be naughty, do you? You have to teach them to be good because they've inherited that sin be good if you didn't. You know, it's like, oh. <laughs> and, but uh, unfortunately, you're always correcting them, teaching them what is right. But they know naturally how to do what is wrong. And some know more naturally than others. But that's another story. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the, the world travels by default in sin. That's why we have a world in chaos. God is a God of order. So if if, if, it was all, if everyone had surrendered to God and lived a godly life, there would be total peace, total order in this world. We have disorder because we have an opposition called Satan who is, is running amok on this planet. But he knows his time is limited, and that's why he's bringing all this havoc to, to pass now. The more and more uh, uh, books and people I listen to on end time stuff, you can see that we are getting very close. We are getting very close. Some great markers. In 1948, Israel became a nation. And Jesus said, this generation shall not pass away until the coming of the Son of Man. There's a few little hints there, and it's been 72 years. And uh, in, uh, I think it's Psalms, it says a generation of 70 plus, sometimes 80 years or something like that. So we know there's something getting very close, I think, in my opinion anyway. So you have the many who have no idea living out there, and the only way they're going to get an idea is if somebody brings the word to them. And that is what Jesus left us with in Matthew chapter 28. 
Go therefore into the world and preach the gospel, proclaim the gospel, and make disciples. But if we just sit here and do nothing, we're not fulfilling what God has called us to do. We're not fulfilling what Jesus called us to. He told us to go out to the many. You'll see the scenes in, in the Word, Jesus uh, was always with the many and not with the religious people that day. In fact, he called them brood of vipers and everything else because they weren't living the life that they were supposed to be claiming. He spent time with the many that he may win the many. As Paul says, uh, I'm all things to all men that I may win a few. So we've got to get in, into the world and help people over that line through that narrow gate. So uh, because of sin, that's what's caused that. But there are also the few. The few, uh, it says, there are few who find it. So if anyone here today has found Jesus, you are called the few. You are the few that found it. But God's heart is to win all. He doesn't want the few. He's just saying this is the reality at the moment, the few. But even few is still millions of people. And... Um, as it was in the days of Noah, the ark, millions of people were lost in the flood, but only eight were saved. Only the few were saved. The righteous ones were saved. And that's so it shall be when he returns again. Jesus said, strive to enter in at the narrow gate. In Luke chapter 13, verse 24, strive to enter in at the narrow gate. For I say to you, many will seek to enter in and shall not be able. So you... The time is now. That's why the Bible says uh, today is the day. Today is the day. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next week or when I get my life right. Today is the day. Choose whom this day you serve. Okay, so there's two, um, so there's the two groups and finally there are the two destinations. One leads to destruction, one leads to life. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, which is hell, total separation from God. I can't believe how many people are sucked into the belief that hell is going to be a great place. How many people believe, oh, yeah, you know, when I die, I don't know, you know, it's like I'll go, I don't know where I'll go, but, you know, I'm sure hell is going to be great rock and roll and, you know, drugs and whatever, as they say. It's, it's all lies. Do you remember it says what it says of the devil? He is the father of all lies. There's no truth found in him, Jesus said. There's no truth found in him. So you cannot believe anything he says. There is no truth. But the good news is, there is life in one person, Jesus. The way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. My prayer today is that you will find it. So this passage in conclusion says, there are two gates, two ways, two groups, two deaths. Uh, destinations, but guess what? There's only one choice. One choice. One choice. We don't get two choices. We get one choice. And Jesus said this in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is that narrow gate. There is no other way. You can't say, oh, I'm going to go to the wide gate for a while, then I'll Go, no, 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 you, you just can't do that. You can only get through, you can only get to the other road by going through this gate. The gate, the door, Jesus. That, that's it. So I want to ask you this morning just to bow your heads here because this is an important part that we make sure we are aligned to Him this morning. And 
If you're not, you can simply be aligned by this prayer that we're going to go through in a minute. First of all, I want to ask you, with every head bowed, eye closed, have you aligned your life to Jesus this morning? Have you given your life to Him? Have you repented of your sin? Have you asked God to forgive you? Have you asked God to come live inside you? For He gives you a promise in John chapter 1, verse 12, for as many as receive Him, He gives you the right to become children of God. Wow, that's a powerful statement. But God will not twist your arm. God will not force you. That's why you have choices. You have a choice today. What gate? The narrow or the wide? If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ this morning and you want to, or perhaps once upon a time you attended church and you, you responded to an older call, or perhaps you're not even sure. It doesn't really matter other than that you are sure. So I want to give you an opportunity this morning, if that's not you, with every head bowed, eye closed, and you would like to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you in a minute. But you need to acknowledge that by raising your hand wherever you are. Nobody's looking. Just raise your hand. This is an acknowledgement so I know who I'm praying for. on your heart that's God saying hey I'm, I'm with you I'm with you just raise your hand thank you Jesus well I'm going to believe that we are, we've all entered in through that narrow gate but I still think we need to be assured of that so we're going to just say together repeat after me a little prayer that invites Jesus into our life as Lord and Savior. So follow after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn now from my sins and invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Even if you've said that prayer and you haven't raised your hand, that's okay. I want to give you an opportunity at the end to come speak to me. I'd love to chat to you on that. I'd love to pray for you personally because it's so important that you make the right choice. Time is short. You know, those two roads are before us, the wide that leads to destruction, the narrow that leads to life. But they're only there for a certain period of time where you won't be able to make that choice. When you die, you can no longer make that choice. You can only make that choice while you're living. And I've heard some terrible stories where somebody was in a meeting like this where they said to their friend, look, I kind of feel like I should go, but I, no, I'm going to leave it later. And in this case, this guy went home and he was killed in a car accident. You just want to make sure. You just need to make sure you've made the right choice. This morning, perhaps you're here and you need prayer for other things. As I get the band up just to play this last song, just come forward. We pray for you, believe for you. God is almighty. God is able and will do all that we ask in his name. Amen. Let me just pray. Father, I just pray this morning. I pray for your word that, God, you're aligning us back to yourself. 
God, we not look to the things of this world because the world is on a path of destruction. There is only one path that leads to life, and that is you, Jesus. Father, align us to your word. Align us to your, that, that road, that narrow road that leads to life. Father, I just pray for everybody here this morning. I pray your protection upon them. 